0: to another edition of the Omaha Bar Association Bar Talk Podcast. I am your host, Dave Summers, Executive Director of the Omaha Bar Association. And I am here on a Friday afternoon with Joe Bradley of Bradley Law. Thank you for hosting, Joe.
1: Dave, thank you for coming.
0: (laughs) And also here today, Jordan Holst of Ellick Jones Law Firm. Hello, Jordan.
2: Hello, Dave. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, we are going to discuss three topics today. Uh, near and dear to my heart. One is going to be show us the tapes. That's that's about um, actually about cameras in the courtroom. That's not necessarily about the tapes that we, we've heard about in the news lately. We're going to also discuss some non-disclosure agreements also not related to what you're hearing in the news today. And then we're going to finish up with uh, one of my favorites which is legal movies, legal scenes from non-legal movies. Let's really suss out who's got what as their top on each of these. Let's maybe throw in some uh, some good quotes from those movies and really just battle royale as to what the best legal movies are out there. So, let's let's start with the first topic, the non-disclosure disclosure agreements, or NDAs. Um, we're all attorneys here. We probably have seen or even written the non-disclosure agreement now and then. Um, for those of you on the podcast, it's a contract between two or more parties about not saying something, not disclosing certain information in exchange for uh, money or potential to make money in some form or another. And I am such a reality TV freak that I want to talk about the NDAs in, in reality TV. Um, Joe's shaking his head. Are you not a reality TV
1: Dave, here's the deal. Reality TV is garbage, and you're a garbage person for watching it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No, it's I, I I love that that is your like we need to talk about NDAs, obviously reality TV. No, I mean, but it's it,
0: it checks out. I'll uh, if, if this is the courtroom, I'll allow it. <laughs> Jordan, do you do you get into the reality TV world? I do not. Oh, wow. Okay. I so, really don't. So it's, this is really me bringing my, my pet to the table. Okay.
2: I mean, it's okay because non-disclosures obviously go beyond the realm of
0: reality <laughs> TV. So,
1: Jordan, I'm not convinced you <laughs> know what you're talking about here. Dave?
0: <laughs> there are reality TV personalities who don't necessarily follow uh, non-disclosure agreements, too. So there's, there's that realm. And that's one of the things that, that I was going to get into about The Bachelorette, obviously. I um, have to talk about that when it's reality TV. Uh, because there was an incident where the NDA said, let's not disclose who wins this bachelor, um, Bachelorette rather, contest. And she disclosed it. And she should have been uh, sued for $5 million under a breach of contract. But
1: She was, put to, she was put to death, right?
0: Right, right. It is a beheading. Um, I Thought it was yeah. death by stone throwing. I think it was. I think.
1: I think it was death by. She had to be on The Bachelor again.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know, for those listening to this podcast, um, can somebody please tell me that The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelor Winter Olympics isn't the best thing? I mean, come on. <laughs> the
1: phone lines are open, guys. Call in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just somebody needs to like this podcast. <laughs> and by liking it, you are saying that The Bachelor is a good series. Um, but before we get into The Bachelor, I actually found and, and we've looked over um, a specific NDA. Because a lot of times you hear about these provisions in these NDAs, but you don't, see, you don't actually see the contract. And back in good old 2010, there was um, Survivor's NDA was disclosed. Not a fairly significant document. And for those of you who don't know what Survivor is, because you aren't from the early 2000s, really, I thought you were gonna say from Earth. You were not from (laughs) Earth. Well, it was it was what the original reality TV. Well, Well, Amazing Race maybe. I
1: I maintained the Real World. I was just gonna say the Real World. I
0: would say is probably the 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 original, which was so real. It was.
1: Hey, it's when people stop. You know (laughs) what, what was what was this this slogan?
0: Oh, it's stop being something and start being real?
1: And start being real. <laughs> stop being polite
0: and start being real. So in Survivor, uh, there's obviously everyone's trying to be the last person on the island or in the wilderness, wherever they are, for a $1 million prize. And um, and this agreement was really interesting. CBS is the um, company that puts it on, the TV network that put it on. And uh, it's fascinating, some of these provisions that they're putting in there that the cast member, as they're known, has to agree to. And you got to think, how much are you willing to give up in terms of your ability to even express your opinion, live your life, and, and defend who you are for a chance at a million bucks? Because
1: All of it, Dave.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? All of it. For a million dollars, I will, I will give up everything, all of my rights. I want to go through a couple of these, and there's a lot more here, but anything that you say can be fictionalized <laughs> for humorous effect. You, whatever you do, they can twist it around, and you cannot say that it did <laughs> not happen until they give you explicit permission to say that. So they can make you look like a fool in their editing, they can do psychological exams. You agree to a psychological exam. Um, your family agrees to, under these contracts to also not release anything and binding arbitration. You never can write a book on the experience, which come on. Anybody who's a reality TV star needs a book because you know that reality TV and book reading go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, it's because when I
1: think, Real book readers. <laughs> it's people that are on reality TV shows.
0: <laughs> and, and, and one more thing before we really dig in. I love this. No writing anywhere online. You, they, they cut off all social media communication. And this is back in 2010. You look at it now and they require the contestants, the characters, during the show to actually be active on social media. That That mm-hmm. is a requirement now because that's the way that they're interacting with their audience and growing their audience is through that. Obviously, they can't disclose who wins and everything like that, but they do have these tie-ins where they have to sort of promote, tonight, this, this may happen, you know, there's some sort of hook. Um, so it's interesting from 2010 when you couldn't say anything to now when you have to, have a social media account. that I, I don't know been, which is
1: worse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and to piggyback on that and to expand on your point, I would imagine that if they allowed their contestants to write books, they would expand their audience tenfold.
0: <laughs> well, and... And, you know, to, I guess they probably don't want the um, exposure of what happened behind the scenes, right? That's... Which could only be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one more, just again, I'm, I'm kind of getting all over the place here, but one more thing in the provision in 10, 2010 was you have to pay taxes on your winnings, which I'm sure was just put in there because of Richard Hatch, who won it the first time around and did not pay a dime of his tax on the million dollars and went to jail for it. So, interesting that that was also a provision. Pay taxes, why? But that's like How? I, mean, I mean, I
2: feel like that's between the contestant and the IRS. Right, I mean, the, that's like, the producer should have nothing to do if, with if that. If you
1: win a car in a game <laughs> show, to have to be like, and you won't speed, and you won't run over Bob Barker in the car. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. implied. Price
2: of Right just got a lot less money. Right.
1: right.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I'm just looking at this. Who, who signs this? It looks like everybody who might possibly be on the show. I mean, even if you went in for an interview, got a call back you have to sign this three-page disclosure non-disclosure agreement
2: for various reasons i would love to know the sheer amount of attorney's fees associated with reviewing these just in terms of are people actually taking these to their attorney to have them read them or no are people way. just blindly signing i because think about all the rights you're giving up
1: i feel like there's a lot of blind signing i mean because remember this isn't like something like CBS isn't approaching people on the street like, please be on the show. These are people that have been singing in tapes for months and years, like, oh, gosh, I want to be on this show. I want to do this. And, I mean, they, they would sign any. We're, we're lucky this is all they're asking for. They would <laughs> sign anything. It could easily become a Hunger Games scenario.
2: I'm going to add in a new footnote. You also have to give us your firstborn child right? because we're starting Survivor Baby Edition. Oh, my
0: gosh, I would totally watch that. <laughs> One of the... Um parts of the agreement, the not not a disclosure part, but um, one of the things you sign away in your rights, you say, I agree that I have a chance to contract HIV through blood transfusions in remote medical facilities. Is that thought in you, this? You, yes. I, I thought did you not were going, see that
1: part. I thought you were going another direction <laughs> and I am super glad it's blood transfusions.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, that's the survivor one. I haven't seen the, um, the Bachelor one. Oh. Which does have there, I think you can get kicked off for having an STD, and you also sign away the rights to contracting STD. You can't. I, wonder what that, I, would, ABC for that.
2: I would love to know that testing process prior to rolling right? down their contestant pool. Jeez. You <laughs> I, I have what, to push back.
0: They said herpes was the biggest um, thing that weeded out people in their uh, process. That that is officially a bachelor quote that I've seen from the last couple of years.
1: Oh my god, what is <laughs> happening?
2: I'm just imagining a scenario in which they have the day that they're supposed to start production and they're like, "Oh, BRB, our bachelor has chlamydia. He has to be treated before he can start." Good news,
1: bad good news, bad news guys. He has an extra ball. <laughs> I hope that's okay. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, one thing that's really strange here uh, in, in my, you're talking about fees, they have the same amount of damages for each one. It's $5 million from the 10, 2010 contract, and then last year's um, survivor contract that CNN Money looked over, it also had a $5 million provision if you break it. And so. So they're valuing Survivor spoilers from two thousand ten, the same as Bachelor Sur- Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise from two thousand seventeen. I find I find that to be wholly inaccurate because of Bachelor's amazing value. It's gotta be higher than Survivor in two thousand ten. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I would Dave. argue
2: though that leaking Leaking information about The Bachelor, I feel like, is not going to deter people from watching the show because they want to see all the cattiness that ensues every episode. I imagine I'm not going to pretend to have watched an entire season or anything, but with Survivor, I feel like it kind of takes the wind out of their sails if the winner gets revealed in a different way. Right. Just because it's not hypersexualized. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not any of that at you, all. You've been
1: watching the right seasons. va <laughs> <laughs> boom. I have no idea what I'm talking
0: about. <laughs> Well, and, and I'll say this. I think talking about how the non disclosure agreements have, have changed from Survivor in 2010, which um, there was all this don't say anything to now, with with, with Bachelor as an example that I know very closely, um, there is this idea that when they get to the reveal, when they get to the After the Rose ceremony, which is a thing, it's live. Oh. and um, they then at that point, when asked directly, can say that didn't happen. They, they do um, take some of it and say, you can, you can address this, you can address this. So, so they kind of reveal it a little bit. You know, they're, they're hushed until we want to know more. So they, they make more, it's, it's a longer viewership. There's a, two hours after the final rose when we're talking, oh, this was actually misportrayed. And they all just laugh it off. But when you couldn't laugh it off, when you couldn't say anything, and it was like, "Yeah, I was the crazy person from three seasons ago," and like people still see me in the store, and they're like, "Hey, you're the guy who was talking to a raccoon." And I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was talking to a producer, and they put a like, raccoon shot in there. Like, that wasn't me. Did that happen, Dave? Yeah. There was a raccoon guy. Well, raccoon girl, I guess. Yeah. And, and and you know also like having sex, which didn't happen. That that insinuated a lot. And so they, they oversell that, too. So
1: That was a slutty raccoon, so it was bound to happen. <laughs> right? Not sleeping with a raccoon, but yeah. <laughs> Sure, let's, let's, let's go
0: there. Um, and and just, so getting back to, to the one case where there was the NDA that was not followed, that was uh, breached, that was Caitlin. Um, her season 2015 of The Bachelorette, she was on The Bachelor the season before, of course, for those of you that are following at home, and then she became The Bachelorette. A month before the finale, she Snapchatted a picture of um, one of the finalists, Sean, in her bed. So, everyone was pretty well convinced that he won the right to propose to her after seven weeks of shooting, which is the timeline. Joe has got his hands in his, uh, his face in his hands right now. (laughs) Dave, (laughs) Dave. (laughs) But the Disney theme of, you know, this is my fairy tale, um, they really do have to do a lot to make that work, and so there's a lot of stretching the truth. So it's it's very fascinating that they have these non-disclosure agreements, but then they go and they completely (laughs) change reality to fiction, and we call it reality TV.
2: I know it's very reminiscent of our uh, false advertising pumpkin spice Mm. podcast. I was thinking about that because I'm like, how can we call this reality TV? I mean, honestly, when reality TV was first a thing, I remember Big Brother, for instance, was a show that my parents would watch. And just from the name reality TV, I just assumed that there was no fictionalization going on. I mean, at the time, to be fair, I was nine years old. But at the same time, you know, it just I think that that's a fair reading of the term reality TV. So I think that they should have to be a little bit more clear about.
0: Quotes. Well, yeah. I
1: still I still remember the very first time I heard about the show Survivor and I heard the premise. And this is going to, this this speaks of darkness in my soul. But I was very excited because I'm like, oh, like, so there's people on an island and like the last person alive gets the money.
0: Makes sense. I'm
1: like, this is going to be a show.
0: <laughs> like, I will watch this
1: show. And like, no, they get voted off. I'm like. Oh, that's mm-hmm. dumb! So
2: it's not like a snuff TV series. Right, well and, so. notice, well, and again, I can't
1: even but notice, one again, Dave, I can't even notice you were talking about they were either, like, in an island of the woods. They're, they're always on a tropical island. It's never, like, Survivor Siberia.
0: Which I would love to see it. <laughs> I would it love to would, see that. Yeah, that sounds great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little bit less skin, but my goodness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and Naked and Afraid, the new reality TV show, when they can't have any clothes on. Like, even if... Even if Zero. you were left somewhere with no clothes, you would manufacture clothes and put them on you. But you can't in this TV show. You just have to blur it out. It's amazing. Well,
1: I just... That particular show, I just can't... Like, what scenario are we imagining here? Like, <laughs> what happened? That like, just in case. I'm like, no, Bear Grylls is just in case. You're just torturing people. <laughs>
0: um, funny, funny tie-in. Non-disclosure agreement. Um, one of the contestants on Naked and Afraid they forgot to blur out her private parts. I think she sued for half a million or a million dollars saying that the disclosure of that picture of her body um, caused her <laughs> anguish <laughs> and grief and, and destroyed her career. The
1: disclosure oh. the disclosure of her agreement has <laughs> it right. were. Oh, my.
2: Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm just having trouble with that given the very nature of the show, but... Right.
1: How could you show me naked on Naked and Afraid? <laughs> that There was trust there.
0: I, I'm, I'm already uh, moving on to the next subject, unless anybody's got anything else on this one.
2: <laughs> uh, just one little thing to think about. I mean, obviously I understand the utility of a non-disclosure agreement for a business. You know, For instance, with these reality TV series, if things are disclosed, it might hurt their viewership, which in turn hurts the amount of money they're making on it. But they're interesting when it comes to a very personal situation, you know, between two people where even if there's a monetary damages provision written in, really the, the harm has already been done once the disclosure has been made.
0: Right. And so
2: this is something that, and I'm not even talking about what we're not talking about. I'm just talking <laughs> about regular everyday people. Sure. Um, this is something that came up um, in our practice this week that I was discussing with another attorney. I mean, because really what is the utility of one?
0: It's a good point. Um I mean You can't get
2: that secret back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that well <laughs> again, not to to talk somewhat of the headlines. That's what I, I so enjoy <laughs> the non-disclosure agreement that's going on now because it's
2: like the very nature of
1: Well like if you say you can't talk because you sign that, you're admitting that you did it. And if you don't say anything, she's gonna tell everybody what you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh democracy guys, what a good time we're having.
0: And uh just not necessarily talking about what we're not talking about we're not
1: we're, we're not talking about it
0: well <laughs> we're here in benson last night we had a pub quiz with fidelity that winning team stormy daniels hush money that's hush as in hush blackwell oh, attorneys pretty good, good name that's amazing pretty good name. and they were smart so uh thank you Berkin is the correct correct pronunciation berkin Beer Hall here what, in Benson.
1: Was the loser for the 10th time in a row, Anthony's Wiener? <laughs> <laughs> it was Less
0: Thinking, More Drinking was the name of the uh, team. Yes. <laughs> that That's came very fitting. <laughs> yes. They did just that.
2: Their priorities were definitely in the right place.
0: <laughs> All right, so we're going to we're gonna take it from that, that lightheartedness to something a bit more serious, and I'm calling this Tale of the Tapes. Uh, again, not associated with any... Tapes, alleged tapes that might be out there.
1: We're not talking about that. <laughs> we're
0: not. We're we're talking about cameras in the courtroom, specifically here in Nebraska. Because I, you know, we're we're all practitioners. Well, I'm not really, but I like to say that I am. And there's uh, this idea that we should be able to see what's going on in the courtroom. It's uh, public money for the um, criminal cases that's being paid to house the criminals if they. Um, you know are put in jail or prison, the judges are paid, um, they're government employees, the sunshine that needs to shine down on the justice system in the process um, so that we need to have cameras in the courtroom and we have jurisdictions on either side of us in Iowa and Colorado that have done a very good job for a very long time and we've we've come along a little bit here. Um, We have the appellate courts um, all their oral arguments are um, now webcast and put an archive um, back to like 2015, but in the local courts, um, I really have a problem with where we're at right now, and I think we need, to, we need to improve upon this because all I'm seeing with those cameras in the courtroom right now here in Douglas County is the perp walk, is the, the arraignment um, with voiceover from local uh, reporters. I'm not... I'm not seeing how, you know, the practitioners are, are making their case or anything like that. Um, it's just kind of the scandalous sort of side of it. And I want some more practice help. I want to see the best of the best going up in the courtroom. I want to hear the judge talking from the bench. That, to me, is is the sort of, you know, um, good TV that I want to see, but we're not quite getting there yet. Thoughts?
1: Dave, I hate to say this, but I could not agree with you more.
0: Oh, that's a first.
1: Uh, no, I. Uh, this is, I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous that we don't have cameras in the courtroom. There's there's not a thing that couldn't be improved by us having cameras in the courtroom. And I guarantee you that it's because the judges don't want them in there. It's not the, it's not the attorneys don't want them in there. We don't care. We're being watched by everybody. It's, I mean, again, and I'm not here to name names, guys. We're not naming names today, but...
2: We're not They're, talking about
1: it. We're not talking about it, or, or any of the other stuff. But, <laughs> they, you know, I practice here in Douglas County, and there are a number of judges that I think would not behave the way they behave, would not say the things they say, would not rule the way they rule, if they knew that that could end up on the news. I mean, there are, you know, yeah, there, there, there are some judges that I think if there were cameras in the courtroom would have to immediately retire, would like have to retire tomorrow. <laughs> Because, I mean, literally, these judges can't get through arraignments without saying things that would get a lesser man fired. (laughs) So, no, I I would be be in support of that. I mean, I think it gets, uh, statutorily, uh, juvenile court is kind of cut out of that, and that makes sense. We don't want to get kids on there. Um, That being said, I've come up with a plan that we could do in juvenile court. We just have the camera tight on the judge. We Charlie Brown, wah, 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 all the kid voices, exactly. so we can just hear the judge, because right. again, sunshine helps. Sunshine, sunshine disinfects everything, Dave.
0: Right. And I need some of that sunshine. That's right. Got some things to disinfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we're not talking about it. That, my poor law
0: practice is what
2: needs to be disinfected. <laughs> I'm just going to say, as an aside, I mean... There Was at least one camera in the courtroom a year ago today. All right. Courtesy oh. of one Joe, Joe Bradley. Yes. Uh, in the jo- federal courthouse. Jordan's
1: <laughs> looking at the video. Uh, <laughs> a year ago today for the OBA, it was the mock trial for what grade was that,
0: Dave? I thought it was fourth and fifth graders.
1: Mock trial for fourth and fifth graders. Uh, the, the Royal Rumble, Joe Bradley versus Don Klein. He <laughs> represented Cinderella. I represented what he called her wicked stepmother. I think that's just libelous right there. <laughs> um, and again, if, if you check the tape, Don says he won. The the It was not a unanimous verdict. I don't know how Don looks at juries, but that sounds to me like a victory for me. I, I, I don't know if that's how juries work.
0: <laughs> right. It, the, yeah, the jury was split, but yet Ann Miller, who was the, I guess she would have been the... Um, um, Bailiff said that they awarded sure fees
1: now. And who does Ann Miller work for? <laughs> I
0: think that would be Don Quine. Ah! Yeah. <laughs>
1: Don, I'm coming for you, brother.
0: <laughs> and and just again, the difficult nature of um, of defending not paying for chores when the jury are a bunch of fourth and fifth graders that have to do chores at home that want to get paid for it from their parents. I mean, how are you supposed to... It
1: might as well have been a case of like, do you children want free candy? Here, (laughs) Joe, do the con argument. (laughs) Thanks, Don. But it was a great
0: time. Well, and when you were talking about cameras in the courtroom, saying that there are judges that are really against it um, because they may get caught up in what they're doing not being necessarily what should be going on i i think at the same time there's also a maybe everyone's game rises sort of side to this right of course it would right and so you know we i i don't like swimming but i got pushed in the pool at one point and learned how to swim well and so. to me
1: it's the perfect counterbalance we appoint these judges for life we appoint the judges for life like, unless they do something completely insane, we have no check on their power. This is the one thing where, like, okay, we can't fire you. You want to say something embarrassing? We'll put you on the news, you goofball. <laughs> like, come on.
0: And there'll be playing those moments, and there always are, right? I mean, we all have our gotcha moments. Oh, my
1: gosh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just with some of our attorneys the sizzle reel of ridiculousness that we could put together. My gosh, the the <laughs> the annual barrister show would write itself. It would just be those clips. Purely from a comedic perspective, we need this. <laughs>
2: can just imagine like one of those like zany like transition like Oh my like, gosh, just, like just star wipes upon star wipes would <laughs> be perfect. You know what that would be? Downright bonkers. Oh,
0: bonkers. So I'm always thinking about business ideas, um, million, million dollar business ideas. If the OBA starts doing the, the web podcast or the web um, streaming web streaming of all this, I mean, I don't want to charge any money, but I can charge like a nominal fee for people to like, just like Justice, you have to pay a little something to get on, nominal fee to, to get on that feed and look at all those oh, groups, you see what's going Dave,
1: on name your price i will pay it i will pay it
0: we have to cover some of our uh out-of-pocket filming costs but we get that set up we can hardwire it. yeah i think we i think we got a, a money maker right there
1: I, i'm sure all the judges will be on board <laughs>
2: yeah
0: <laughs> we may lose some judiciary members <laughs> jordan what, what do you think
2: i mean i completely agree with everything you guys are saying i I don't see any downside to it. Um, I think it'd be a great thing. I think that there's a lot, too, that the public doesn't realize about what goes on in courtrooms. I, th- I th- kind of think, honestly, there are so many clients that I have. I do a lot of guardianship work, um, and they're so terrified to go to probate court. And I'm like, it is not not a big deal at all. And I feel like people, the only impression they have of what goes on in the courtroom is what they see on TV or in the movies, which is true for a lot of things. But if they were to see just how Conversational it can be how I don't want to say laid back but it's really not as scary as they think it's going to be.
1: It's the B word guys. It's boring in there. Like trust me, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna like it.
0: But at the same time, it gets to show the public attorneys, attorneying, they're lawyering, they're doing their job. You can see what we do, and maybe the the lawyer jokes don't necessarily need to be you know zinging as much when you you see you know we're we're making our cases, we uh, doing it, and that's... that's
1: Dave, big. cameras in the courtroom may make people better attorneys, but if you think it's going to stem the tide of lawyer jokes, <laughs> you are dreaming, sir.
0: Fair. fair. <laughs> that's, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> um, I, I tried to find um, some, some gotcha moments. I, I couldn't find any online of, of where they had the cameras in the courtroom and, you know, something I, happened.
1: I, I ended up finding one, and again, this isn't a gotcha moment, but, again... Full disclosure, one that always makes me cry. It's that one from a few years ago, where the judge is doing the arraignment of the guy and realizes they went to middle school together, and 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 when he realizes it, he breaks down in tears because like you know it's you can see like the shame of what his life has become because they were like best friends as kids and he's like oh my god it's you and she's like oh, look how old we are now and I think you can turn your life around and they ended up. CBS ended up doing a story on this and he did kind of end up turn his life around and they had a nice little reunion hug moment and so I went down a rabbit hole of sappy courtroom <laughs> moments and I'm like, oh God, I was supposed to find gotcha ones. <laughs> I'm just sitting here crying at my desk. Damn it, Dave.
2: <laughs> well, now that you mentioned that, it makes me think of, I don't remember the names, but there was that exchange where the defendant was getting very, very um, antagonistic with the judge. Oh, and the judge
1: judge chewed him out?
2: And wanted to fire his lawyer. And do you remember that, Dave?
1: Is that the one with... And they
2: they did like a Rick and Morty. The Rick and Morty? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it was this... I think it was just an... Was it just an audio clip?
2: I believe so. Is I don't think that audio it was cameras, and but... and then
1: Rick and Morty animated it. Oh, okay. And made it very inappropriate.
2: This transcript is completely insane. You should... If you have not ever read it, you need to read it, and I'm trying to...
1: Well, here, Jordan, here, let's... We have a moment. Let's pull up... Let's do a dramatic reading for Dave.
2: Oh, Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what is it called? How do we look it up?
2: The only... Sorry, listeners. The only thing I can think of to describe it is that he calls... Doesn't he call the judge, like...
1: Yes, and the judge starts to kick his ass. It's great. State of Georgia v. Rick versus Rick Allen. Here we go.
2: I'm a little bit regretting bringing this one up.
1: Well this won't make it, but this is yeah. fun. Do you want to be Mr. Allen or the judge?
2: Um, I want to be the judge. I want to make you be Mr. Allen. Uh, okay. Here. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to air me saying.
1: Oh, you better believe we are.
2: Okay, here. I think I have it.
1: The, okay, Mr. Allen.
2: Okay, okay Mr. Mr. Allen? Right. I believe that... I believe your case is... Was going to be going to trial, not this Monday, but the following Monday. Do you understand that?
1: Uh, yes. Uh,
2: okay. I tell you, if you needed to tell me something, I want... I'll let you come up here to the podium so you can speak into the microphone and I can hear you.
1: Yes, the attorney here. I'm wanting to fire him. Uh-huh. And, you know, I don't feel like he's doing any...
2: Who are you going to... Who are you going to hire?
1: I'm not going to hire nobody. I'm going to try to get a different public defender.
2: There isn't... You You have a right to an attorney.
1: This lawyer has... You don't
2: have a right to a specific attorney. This
1: lawyer has made sexual advances to me. He... He had doctors at Central State Hospital put a false... He's
2: had doctors at Central State Hospital? Put a
1: false diagnosis on me. Okay. Uh,
2: I don't... You know, I know Mr. Wyatt pretty well, and I don't think he has the ability to make doctors at Central State do anything.
1: No, well, they did it, and he's the one that had me sent down here.
2: Well, they may have done it, but I don't think he had anything to do with it.
1: All right, well, he won't give me the discovery.
2: He, well, I'm...
1: There's things in discovery he's supposed to give me. he gave me the indictment and told me there was discovery. Okay. They're altering documents that I've read.
2: If you, if you want... If you want the indictment, I'll make sure you get a copy of the indictment.
1: No, I'm saying I got the indictment. Uh-huh. But he's he's not complying with discovery. Okay. I'm supposed to get the autopsy report, the coroner report, pictures of the crime scene. Cor-
2: coroner report?
1: Criminal background <laughs> records. I want...
2: Is this a murder? <laughs> in,
1: the, in the county jail. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sup- I supposed to get a criminal background records, investigational summaries.
2: Mr. Wyatt, what discovery do you have?
1: Uh... I've given him everything I have.
2: You've given him everything you have? Yes, sir. He's given you everything.
1: This is a murder case, and you're... Huh? This is a murder case, and you're telling me the only thing on Discovery is a four-page indictment?
2: I don't think he's saying that. I, I think he said he's given you everything that he has.
1: He ain't giving me an autopsy report. He ain't giving me the coroner's report. He ain't giving me... Well,
2: it may be that he doesn't have that. I don't know.
1: That's what I've been trying to get. So, so didn't give me pictures of the crime scene. I've seen other people go to trial on on murder tra- charges. I've seen what you're supposed to get. I'm not going to work with this attorney.
2: Well, you know you.
1: It's you, not. It's not gonna gonna happen.
2: You've got. You've got.
1: I'm not going to trial with this attorney.
2: Well, you've got two choices. One, you can go to trial with him, or two, you can try the case yourself. Now, I definitely, completely think that that's. I've got
1: a right to have.
2: Wait a minute. Listen to me that would be the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life
1: so basically you're sitting here telling me
2: now you have a
1: you're going to find me guilty if if i go to trial and try to defend myself
2: you're probably right that would be my guess if you try to defend yourself you you don't know anything about selecting a jury do you no do you know anything about cross-examining witnesses no do you know anything about criminal procedure i
1: don't i don't have to let
2: do you know anything i'm (laughs) this (laughs) this guy
1: You're not supposed to smile in court. You know that if you smile. I
2: can smile anytime I want to. It's a
1: violation. Now you're cussing and yelling at me. I have not cussed. Yeah, you did. I am yelling. Well, go f. <laughs> and scene.
0: Oh my god. Oh, I can't believe you didn't that's know that. Real. That yeah. is Oh my God. How long ago was that? Gosh. Like a year or two. Not forever ago. I think I mean, it was like last. Need... Yeah. That is exactly why we need cameras <laughs> in the courtroom.
1: <car. laughs> yeah, tw- oh, 20... really good mics. <laughs> to- from 2016.
0: <laughs> Pretty great. Wait, so was it? It was a murder trial. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I'm guessing. Oh well, gosh. But Do I don't what know? Well, I'm gonna go to live here and say he was convicted of murder. <laughs> <laughs> As, or or. or well, we know none of that is making the podcast, but by golly, that was fun. That was
2: really fun. You uh, can have an After Dark podcast episode.
1: Uh, OBA After Dark. <laughs> Kids go to bed. Daddy's got a podcast to listen That's to. It. <laughs> Premium
2: subscription.
1: Put it on Stitcher. Oh, jeez. My favorite from a couple years back Dave Johnson in the public defender's office was doing a trial with John Jedlicka, another public defender, as I believe season was going on. The defendant lurched and attacked Dave Johnson and tried to get him. John Jedlicka, again, he says not on purpose. Accidentally got between them, Mm. and uh, and like they all went down in like one big heap. Now the deputies got there, but for like a full year, we gave Jedlicka crap and we're just like that he was like like the secret like bodyguard of Doug Johnson, like because if you've seen John Jedlicka, he's three foot seven, if he's a foot tall, and it's like nobody gets to him through me. And I wanted to have a whole barrister's bit called Jedlica Justice, where he's just following Doug Jansen <laughs> around, the, around the courtroom. And then, if, if you've seen John Jedlica, again, one of my favorite attorneys, he's got his. Have you seen his winter coat? It's this cool, like super furry '70s, like pimped-out fur coat. And I just imagine him like walking around to like the Shafty music, like, like just taking people out and taking names. That's that's my dream.
0: <laughs> uh. I think we've we've done enough
1: on in the <laughs> Now, granted, only 30 seconds of it will make the podcast. Yeah. This is where Joe dropped the F bomb 30 times.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, uh, let's talk about favorite legal films. Yes. Favorite legal scenes from non legal movies. I'm not going to take lead here. I'm going to follow you all. So, Ladies first. Jordan, what do you
2: at? I was worried that you guys would do that. It's pretty embarrassing. I feel like you guys can. If I told you to guess which movie I'm going to say, you'd be like, "Ah, so stereotypical." But no. it's this movie.
1: To Kill a Mockingbird. No. 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 Well, that's my
0: movie. Oh, you want me to guess? Uh huh. You're saying it's stereotypical. Mm-hmm. What stereotype am I
2: using? Blonde lawyer. blonde. Uh, yeah.
1: I thought maybe you was more of a big daddy courtroom scene situation. Oh,
2: <laughs> that is oh, a great, a great, reference. great scene.
0: No, I, I, I've seen Legally Blonde more than any, any other lawyer movie, I have to admit. It was so. the
2: first movie I ever owned on DVD. Mm-hmm. My grandpa and grandma bought me one of those 13-inch um, TV right. DVD combos. Right. It was my first TV in my room. That was um, the first movie I had.
1: Conservatively, how many times have you watched Legally Blonde?
2: I'm going to go, I'm going to estimate around 60 times. Wow. Love that movie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Man, you've got the minutiae. Okay, let's. It's great. Let's try. Okay, let's try some legally blind trivia. Let's see, let's see what we got here.
0: What did she major in?
2: Fashion merchandising.
1: What was her dog's name? Bruiser. What was the special move the uh, the beauty shop girl taught her to do?
2: Bend and
0: snap. Bend and
2: snap. That is correct.
0: <laughs> what is the sign of Bruiser Woods?
2: The sign... He's a Gemini.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh, some deep cuts. (laughs) (laughs) So so tell tell us why Legally Blonde.
2: Okay, so there is a courtroom scene, and this movie actually, you know, it's a comedy, but I feel like it touches on a lot of issues. There's a sexual harassment issue with Mm -hmm. her male professor. Um, Spoiler alert. She's getting preferential (laughs) treatment because of her looks, and nobody's taking her seriously. So this scene that I love is the climax of the movie. It's when she's representing the defendant, and I love it for many reasons. One, she's the only person who took the time to actually go get the alibi from the defendant. She is the only person who ever believed that the defendant was telling the truth, but who took the time to actually research and figure out why that was. Um, She is able to foster trust between herself and the defendant, which nobody else is able to do, and she's a third-year lawsuit. It's her first She's senior certified essentially because Luke Wilson's character. I can't actually remember his name, so I'm glad you didn't ask that in trivia. <laughs>
1: Fun fact, no one knows his name.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't if I remember it, I'll yell it out later just randomly. But um, <clears throat> no, so but I love the way that she initially starts questioning because it's so again, I feel like it's so familiar in terms of the first time I ever was in the courtroom you think that you're going to know what to say, but you're kind of at a loss. So she defines mens rea for the judge and the judge is like, I, I don't understand why you're giving me a vocabulary lesson, but you know, I would understand if you started questioning your witness. And so she's walking through the testimony and it's very clunky. She's asking her the same thing over and over again. She's really fixated on the fact that the the witness was in the shower. And then she doesn't just move away from it though. She kind of keeps with that story. And then, and then expanding her testimony a little bit and asking the witness what she had done that day, she realized that she got a perm. And given her knowledge of hair care- You would never take a shower. What Watch is the one hair. cardinal rule? Yeah, you would never that it's, close after a point well, because of a, the sodium plate.
1: Oh, there it is. <laughs> I always took that, to me, that was always her 12 angry men moment. Right. Because if, if you remember the crux of that, uh, the, the 12th juror, I don't, think, I don't think anybody's ever named in that movie. He figures out uh, that the witness was, couldn't have seen it because she kept pinching right here, and, and he figures out that she didn't have her glasses on at the moment, And so like, they, they go down this path of like, where were your glasses, what's going on here, and uh, yeah, the, the perm was her <laughs> 12 angry men, you would never take a shower moment.
0: <laughs> My favorite part of that climax scene is that Bruiser Woods the chihuahua that much resembles my own chihuahua, which I have to throw in Hector Hefe Summers on Instagram. Please follow. Please follow. Oh um, Dave, what is your life? I want him to be insta famous. Um, <laughs> anyway, Bruiser Woods actually pops out of the carrier, which you can have you can have a, a dog in the courtroom. Sure. Yeah. In Massachusetts, sure. Mm-hmm. But he pops out before he actually knows, the perm, the washing of the perm was was the was the moment, and he figures it out like three seconds before she does. And the the dog's the smartest one the there. The dog solved it. the case. I love it. I
2: mean, he has been silent this whole movie, but he's been taking it all in.
0: <laughs> right. He's been in every single class. Every single scene that she's in, he knows everything. The smartest legal dog ever.
1: He's the he's the Boo Radley of Legally Blonde. Oh <laughs> my gosh!
0: What was and that? I just the had lawyer that. dog? He's a lawyer dog from another. Oh, I want a podcast. lawyer dog. <laughs> oh <laughs> so gosh.
1: I want. <laughs> I want Brucer Woods. I want Bruiser Woods dog.
2: So it's actually. I also realized I what <laughs> We said sodium thiosulfate. It's ammonia. I was embarrassed oh. for you when you Were said you? that.
1: I'm glad you're correct. So my
2: friend Maggie said that the movie was on this last week. <laughs> And so she had asked her husband, Kyle, have you ever seen this movie? And he turned around and goes, "Ammonia <laughs> <laughs> like, "Okay, I guess you have. <laughs> wow. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> I, I, I like that choice. That's Strong a pick. That's a good one.
1: Joe? Yeah. Uh, well, again, I, I teased mine already. I mean, I feel bad for both of you because, you know, there's there are lawyer movies and then there's the lawyer movie, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it is the...
0: That takes place in Mexico?
1: That's right. Takes tequila, tequila, mock- tequila Mockingbird. Tequila <laughs> Mockingbird, uh, starring Mel Gibson. No, it's... um, <laughs> it's No, it's... I mean, Atticus Finch, for me, oddly enough... Well, this is kind of appropriate. I, I kind of had two legal heroes growing up. One was Atticus Finch. One was the newly departed Harry Anderson, the judge from Night Court. Uh, because, you know, I saw kind of both sides of the coin. That You could be... You, you could become a lawyer, you didn't have to lose your humanity, you didn't have to lose your sense of humor, you could be whoever you wanted to be. But I mean with Atticus Finch, I mean just start to finish. I mean that's that movie is not how to be just a lawyer, like that's how to be a person. Like that's... I mean he steps up, the whole town's against him, you know, he doesn't have to do this, he puts his life on the line, he puts his children's life on the line uh, just because he knows it's the right thing to do. And, and I don't know. For me, the the saddest part, or the best part, is also the saddest part. It's after he finds out that his client Tom Robinson, upon being convicted, tries to escape and is shot by the guards, and you just see Atticus standing there saying, "We could have won on appeal because he knew he knew Atticus knew he was never going to win at the trial level, but he, like any good lawyer, had been setting traps for the prosecutor and the judge, and he knew he could have done it. And just to see the sorrow is like... Like knowing his client he didn't understand we were we, we were gonna win this thing. And
0: right. that that was always powerful to be as a kid. Right. And um, Judge Smithcamp, no longer Chief Judge, but Judge Smithcamp of mm-hmm. the US District Court here in Omaha, it is her favorite oh, book, her good favorite taste as well. So you are in good company.
2: How many judges do you think have Lily Blonde as their favorite book? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I would say probably Judge Serkovich is a huge <laughs> Legally Blonde fan. No, I judge, judge, I have no I have no basis for saying that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we know that Judge Rich is listening to this.
1: Right? Huge fan <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, Dave? Favorite lawyer movie?
0: <clears throat> okay, so the the honorable mentions A Few Good Men and sure. Michael Clayton. Um, yes. I, I like the lawyer's fixer idea, not talking about anything that's going on in the news We're today. We're not talking about that. But the, the lawyer's fixer role is one that I always enjoyed, and George Clooney does a great job. Um, but my cousin Vinny. Is, <laughs> <laughs> the, the youths. <laughs> yeah, these two youths. What's man. a youth? <laughs> yeah. Everything they just said is bullshit. Like, <laughs> th- these lines are just amazing. Um, yeah, I, I got to go with the, the humorous one, and, you know, obviously, Legally Bond's in there, too. But uh, I've, I've used a lot of those lines over the years, the My Cousin Vinny lines. so... I, I gotta go with that one if if he can do it if he can figure it out there's there's room for the dummies of the world to well, to do all right, and so that movie
1: like has that. everything it's got the karate kid it's got Herman Munster, it's got the bad guy coach from Mighty Ducks you know i mean what what more do you need that's i mean if you could win Oscars just for ensemble cast
0: <laughs> well okay and Marissa tome did win
1: she won yeah she party. won Oscar,
0: yeah so um so that's mine. Um, but now there's this there's this idea of, you know, there's other movies that have great legal scenes in them, not necessarily legal start to finish. I'm I'm interested in this because I mean this could be the gamut. You can you can really go wide on this one. I
2: think Joe wants to talk about the big daddy.
1: <sighs> God, as much as I would love to sit here all day long and talk about Sandy was it Sandy or Sonny Colfax's trial to get his son played by twin boys that went on to play The Sweet Life with Zack and Cody. I'm not going to talk about that movie. <laughs> I'm instead going to take you to the summer of 1989. It was a movie that, in an early scene, took us to a courtroom. The defendants appeared before the judge referred only in the script to as The Hammer because he was so harsh to his defendants. Now, the judge started to yell at our heroes as charlatans, saying they were frauds, defrauding poor people, by making them believe in fantasy. In fact, the judge got so upset, he began to upset the pink slime that was on the table in front of them. The Ghostbusters knew what was about to happen. The slime started to bubble. They took refuge underneath. As the hammer got angrier and angrier, they tried to warn him, Ray said. Judge, wait! But the hammer wouldn't hear it. As all the Ghostbusters safely went under the desk... The green slime finally erupted with the spirits of the Scoleri brothers, who, as we all know, the hammer had put to death many years earlier in the electric chair. This single moment in Ghostbusters 2 is not only a fantastic moment in cinema, in entertainment, but also a biting criticism of capital punishment. <laughs> Therefore it makes the top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James <laughs> <laughs> Wow.
0: That that is Ghostbusters 2. That is an amazing setup. That's a great choice there, Joe. Deep
1: cut. Thank
2: you. Thank you for that.
0: Um, Jordan, do you want to follow that? Up? I do not. <laughs> I, I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I I had another one in mind, but now when I'm thinking, when you go down the path of Bill Murray, sure, I I have to go back to one of my favorite movies, Caddyshack, and Judge Smalls, and his character, and and how there's the one scene where the um, the caddy wants to go to law. School. This isn't this isn't necessarily a legal scene, but it's really to him wanting to go to law school.
1: Now, Dave, should we reenact that scene?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> They're they're going down the fairway, the first hole, and, and, you know, Judge is um, giving himself a bunch of um, what we call foot wedges. He's improving his lie, and he's like, I was was interfered with. I was interfered with, (laughs) (laughs) Danny. And, and, uh, you know, not following the rules of golf, and then um, Danny is trying to get to understand that he wants to go to college at the University of Nebraska. That's right. Um, because it's based here in Nebraska.
1: Despite the scene on the ocean that they have.
0: Bushwood Country Club on an ocean <laughs> in Nebraska. <laughs> and he says, you know, I'd li- like to be a lawyer uh, someday, and uh, but I can't afford it. And Judge Mail says, well, the world needs ditch diggers too. <laughs> and I, just, I always thought about that scene and that if I'd really taken that to heart uh, <laughs> earlier in life, if that would have taking me on a ditch-digging adventure instead of
1: becoming a lawyer. The line from that I quote the most to my kids is, whenever we go anywhere where there's like, anytime I take my kids out, they want every piece of food at the snack bar. So like, they come in there, and there's always the line where Judge Schmills' nephew comes in and goes, I want a cheeseburger, I want a hamburger, I want a soda, and Judge Schmills just interrupts them and says, you'll get nothing and you'll like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and then there's the scene with Chevy Chase in the... they're in the um, the locker room and judge Mills is talking about his golf game he says I'm know sludge myself oh
1: judge come on you set yourself short you're incredible sludge.
0: <laughs> thank you Ty Webb. <laughs> love that scene. Chevy Jason is prime can't can't beat it so well ty how
1: do you measure yourself against other golfers <laughs> mostly by height <laughs> <laughs> uh, and,
0: and the doctor that's um, getting ready to play golf and he says you know just put him under I'll be I'll be there in four hours you're right. <laughs> it's,
1: Uh, Jordan, what you have to understand is dudes will just sit there and talk about (laughs) Caddyshack for the rest of their life. Caddyshack, and if need be, Field of Dreams. But that's for another podcast. (laughs) We'll get to it.
2: So one of my uh, most problematic legal scenes, I will say, is from the Harry Potter universe. It's uh, from the third movie, Prisoner of Azkaban, when Harry um, has to conjure his Patronus to scare away the Dementor. Actually, this is the fifth Movie, sorry, this is Order of the Phoenix, um, and he's. Oh, called, dare you misquote? That. I know he's called down for a disciplinary hearing at the Ministry of Magic. He has no representation. I don't think that there's a right to any representation in the magical world. There are twelve people sitting up there, I believe. On the deus.
0: And, and Dumbledore
2: appears as a witness on his behalf, but he doesn't have representation. Now,
1: Jordan, are you telling me, as we sit here, that there are some unrealistic things in the Harry Potter films?
2: I mean, this is. Arguably the only one, but yes, right.
0: <laughs> As I understand it, Hermione becomes a barrister of sorts in the magic world in her career at the end of the last book. Correct. Well,
1: is that, it, they, they have the? I don't think they, they mention it there. They have the uh, the new the new canon play that's come out, right? And I believe at that point she is the head honcho, right? She's like the whatever the top position is
0: so i guess the question is, is is everybody unrepresented or was that just his situation and when they call him you know the legal barrister, or whatever they're up on the dais and it's just well,
1: well
2: uh, isn't it the it's the wisdom gamut i believe is what what they're called
1: well, we've we've actually got a surprise for you we have jk rowling on the line jk oh <laughs> uh, hi we're talking about the, the legal system thank you so much for calling all the way from england can you tell us are people represented by lawyers or is it just Harry getting the short end of the stick?
2: <laughs> okay, I, I have no idea how to do a fake Jacob Rowling voice, but... <laughs> it's got to be
0: British, right? It's,
2: yeah. it's British Well, Joseph, David,
1: and Jordan, <laughs> I'm so glad you had me call in. I just loved writing the Harry Potter books. <laughs> And I hate to bears just,
2: bye-bye.
1: <laughs> oh, J.K., oh, we had to, she had to go. So close. But in all, so unfortunate. In all reality,
2: I mean, that, that specific disciplinary hearing is probably not indicative of most, just because there was a lot going on behind the scenes there. I mean, Dolores Umbridge is the one who ordered the Dementors to attack, and she was also one of the... I mean, they I served hated, as both I, a judge and prosecutor. I it was I really bizarre. I hated her
1: the most. I hated her more... She
2: was the most terrible character. ...than
1: He Who should Not Be Named. I agree. Because she was just a monster. <laughs> well, yeah, just like, she, passive-aggressive. Well, guys, I may have to call it quitskies, because my wife is calling a million <laughs> times on the phone. And with that,
0: <laughs> another edition of the podcast. <laughs> tune in so, next time. Yeah, tune in for the Stitcher Premium version where we talk about things that we have to believe out in this I've version. Been...